May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There is something about today's reading, I think, that involves social contracts. That we all have expectations of how things should go when we interact with each other. And the behavior of the tenants is such a shocking break in social contact that it jars with us quite apart from the poignancy and pain of this poor landlord sending all these people and then his sons and losing them. Often in the Gospels, the landlords are, or those in power are not necessarily the goodies. But in this story, the landlord is the victim of the tenants. And of course, the correlation is with the temple. Jesus is teaching about the temple. He has already desecrated the temple by allowing, allowing people who are disabled and children within its precincts. And he just goes at the Pharisees and the priests and basically just is on and on and on unrelentingly about how things are and how things should be. And what makes this story even more shocking is the emphasis that the Jews had on family, an extended family. And this cuts right to the heart of a central Jewish belief. Basically, you teach about family and family values, and then you cut in half families. So it's a really damning piece of uh, teaching. And perhaps we don't like it. Perhaps we find it really difficult because Jesus is so assertive and so vehement in his criticism. And we don't necessarily like that because it's not gentle Jesus, meek and mild. It's not Jesus with head bowed, taking on the weight of the world. This is Jesus fighting back and saying, no, you're wrong. You shouldn't be doing things this way. And that call upon us to follow in those footsteps is a really difficult one. And one perhaps that we would rather was not there. You know, it's quite easy to, in some ways, to kind of be the depressed and downtrodden. It's much more difficult because it's much more risky to be those who stand up and demand and um, seek redress. Anyway, Jesus then goes on to talk about the cornerstone. And remember, at this time, there was still construction going on at the temple. Construction went on for decades, and pretty much it was destroyed before it was finished. So he could have been looking at these big cornerstones, these big stones that supported the, the weight of the temple. And he looks at them and he's like, this is not what it's about. This building is not what contains God. This building is not where you find God. Where you find God is in me. Where you rest on me. And that's even more shocking. Oh my goodness, you know. This temple that has been sought after and restored and has been the center of their religion and their aspiration for so long. He's saying, eh, no, just me. So it's a funny thing to say. But I was thinking about these hymns. We have a lot of hymns that are about cornerstones. So I read some of them. And 
My dad had a phrase, fly in the sky when you die. And I don't want to put down these hymns because they're great hymns, but they have an aspect of looking forward to the eternal and not necessarily really action now. It's kind of very spiritual and ethereal and in the future. So that wasn't much help. So then I went to a slightly different tradition and thought about Jesus. Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the nighttime, Jesus at noontime. You know that song? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in the morning, Jesus in that one. Not allowed to sing, but there we go. I'm a long way from everybody. I wish we could sing, but we can't. And I thought about that as actually almost a better grasping of this idea of cornerstone. Because if we really have Jesus in the morning, at noonday, in the evening, all the time, if that's our aspiration and our hope, if that's our action, that's a very different thing to kind of floating off on a cloud of heavenly hope. And really, we, we can divorce ourselves from the here and now and its messiness if we do that. So let's get to the point. The October is stewardship month. And so this is the first Sunday of our annual giving month and our annual giving reflection. And it's probably appropriate, given our situation, that we are thinking about where we rest, where we stand, how we look, who we look to, how we are, how we act, how we seek redress, how we take peace, all those things. Because, as you know, Redeemer always has to make choices. And I know that I can bang on about giving more money, but there is only so much money out there. And a lot of you give sacrificially already, so I'm not going to do that. But I am going to say that as a community, we are going to have tough decisions to make. And that's not a threat. You know that this building is amazing, but it's very expensive. You also know that we have lost staff. We have no administrator. We have no director of music right now. And we're going to have some difficult decisions to make about whether we fix the HVAC before it breaks completely or whether we hire someone to do music. I mean, it's, it's actually quite dark in many ways. And I don't want to scare people. And I don't want to make it sound like I don't care about this, that, or the other. I do. So there is that component. What is it that we rest upon? How does our building and our stewardship of the physical balance against our action in the world? How do we do that? And it's not, it's, it's as much about mindset, I think, as it is about cold, hard cash. What's our mindset around that? Where do we think we're resting on Jesus? And I'm not saying forget the building. Do not hear that. We have an amazing legacy. We couldn't do Shepherd's Table, for example, without downstairs. Upstairs tells the story of our faith, which is pretty amazing. But what's the balance there? And I really want to share that conversation with everyone, even if we don't have it face to face. I'd like everyone to be praying about that and for guidance for me and the vestry to actually think, 
about how it is we balance out those things, and they're big questions. I did like the, what I thought was the bare minimum budget to kind of do all the things we needed to do and try and reinstate our staff at least somewhat, and it came out like $45,000 more than we have now, and I don't think that's realistic. So there's that. You should, if you haven't, be receiving your stewardship pack this week. The, I'll just say this really clearly, and to people at home, the card is on the leaflet you have received. We're trying not to overspend and not to send out multiple things, and because hardly anybody is here, it's difficult for people to get to those. The other thing that is on that card is a time pledge. Because I know so many people are doing all they can financially, and because I know this is going to be 2021, is going to be a difficult financial year for many, the only thing we can do to actually spread what we have further is to do things ourselves. And I look around, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, because if you could see who's sitting in church, nearly everyone, I think everyone here, gives an immense amount of time already. But if you don't, and I'll look at the camera, because I don't want to look here. If you don't, consider what you can do. You just sitting right behind the camera. I promise I'm not looking at you. <laughs> um, think about what you can do. What are you good at? You know, and it might not seem relevant. But I'll tell you, I've got some jobs that need doing in my head that people um, are moving on from. And I bet some of you have skills that could fill those holes. The less we have to pay professionals, the further our money goes. And the further we can really live into this decision. We can actually be in charge of how we are instead of constantly chasing our tails to try and keep up with the demands of the building, the demands of our community, and feeling really tired and out of breath. Like I say, I'm not going to badger you about money. But what I want you to do is to, over the next few weeks, think about that Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime, Jesus all day long. What does that mean to you? And how does that affect your participation in community here? And from that point, let's all think about how it is we go forward. There's no threat. Nothing's going to fall down. We'll be okay. So don't hear me wrong. But I do think we need to together make priorities. I do think we need to do them based on resting on Christ as our cornerstone. So there it is. Sorry if I sound naggy. I'm really trying not to, so please hear that. I'm just not very good at giving a supportive message because I feel a bit stressed about it, and I should have more trust. So if you can pray for me to have more trust, you'll get more trusting sermons. Anyway, just Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime, Jesus in the evening, Jesus all the time, every day. And let's see where we go from there. Amen.